Ayo, hey, welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. What, was I too loud, Steven? You were way too loud. Oh, my you bad. You know, Mike checks, you're down here, and then all Quit of a sudden the show yelling. starts. He's way up here. Well, maybe you should try to get me like to that level when you're mic checking. I don't know. My bad, man. I, I'm trying to just you know check the mic. And Steven, then... you know what you do? You do a fake show start but it's actually go. the mic Ooh, check. I like right? that idea. And then mm-hmm. you, you'll get an accurate mic test. Yeah. Uh, I'm Sean Anderson. You can, we're welcome into Studio B of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We've got the full CHGO White Sox crew here in Studio B. On the far left, that is Vinny Duber in the blue. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. He's got a brand new article posted today, uh, April 20th, about the White Sox and uh, how they're kind of shaping up heading into that Rays game uh, this week. Uh, and, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, the Pedro Grafal quotes in there. Um, got some stats to back them up. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about you know what those fixes will be. That's Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at ecknerwall 23 He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Uh, stepping on the X down there. Oh, don't do that. It says, it says don't do step not on. step on this. It looks like he's been stepped on a couple times. Well, people aren't listening. People yeah. don't know how to read. Yeah. Um, so on today's episode, we'll talk a little bit about the White Sox fixing all of their problems. Uh, who maybe has us the most concerned on the Sox? We will... Lightly preview the Rays series. They have three games coming up in Tampa. Uh, And then, finally, uh, we'll play a little game because it's an off day. So why not have some fun? Uh, It is not the game I promised, though. Uh, Talk with Steven. We decided on a different game. Uh, I think this one is better. Okay. Um, But I thought the other one could uh, be more chaotic, which is usually uh, how I have fun. Um, We're going to start with something that is a little bit chaotic. Uh, Everyone was sleeping last night, uh, including all of the uh, residents of Oakland, even the possums of Oakland, uh, when they found out, oh, hey, uh, the A's are moving to L.A. They signed an agreement. They're moving to L.V. See, it's the A. It's the A part, A's, L.A. It just, Mm. it it feels like that goes. They've already got two teams there. They don't need a third one. Um, (laughs) They're going to Las Vegas. Uh, so they are in agreement with Las Vegas. Uh, what do we make of the news? Uh, what do we make of Vegas as a baseball city? I mean, I will travel to Las Vegas now for a game. I don't need to go to Oakland ever to see a baseball game because that stadium, as Vinny has told us numerous times and other people, just uh, recently Boog Shambi and uh, Rick Sutcliffe got chased out of their booth by a a band, a family of a possum, just chilling in there. They And they were like, Oh, yeah, they evicted us, the broadcasters, not the marsupials um, in the damn booth. So, yeah, the Oakland A's and their management and their, and their owner did this on purpose. They wanted this building to be dilapidated. They wanted to be ants in the building. They wanted to be flooding with sewage up into the clubhouses so they can say, hey, look, no one's here. Team is bad. We need to move. And so they got their wish. And I hope, and I don't know, the actual numbers on it i hope the city of las vegas is not chipping in too much of the money and the oakland A's have to buy their own stadium but we know if they're going to be going to las vegas it's going to be a portion of the vegas people's money going into that stadium being built man this it it is a terrible time to be a sports fan in oakland oh my goodness uh, it is a less than a decade all three of their pro teams are are leaving the uh, warriors relocate across the bay to to san francisco the raiders go to vegas now the a's are going to go to vegas uh feel terrible for the folks in oakland because uh you know yeah the bay area is big and it's made up of a lot of different uh, cities but oakland is its own thing too it's its own community there as well and so uh that really sucks for those people and those fans that they're losing all of their pro sports teams um, and now have to be part of a bigger metro area rather than have their own uh, their own crew. Not to mention that the o- the A's have a, a really nice, fun history in Oakland. Mm-hmm. Uh, good teams, winning teams, championships, that kind of thing. So um, it's a bummer. Uh, I'll say this, though. Las Vegas is a place that, for those of us who don't live there, Really look at it as only a, a touristy town. Only that one stretch, the strip there, you know, is, is really all you hear about. It's cool, in my opinion, that Las Vegas gets to build its own city, its own culture that isn't just welcoming the tourists to go to those casinos on those few blocks of the strip. It's cool that they get to have their own thing about being, uh, you know, 
if you live in Vegas, you get to have your own culture that isn't just tied to, uh, you know, everybody that's flying into the airport. So um, that's cool. Now, granted, all those stadiums are right there by the strip. So uh, <laughs> it's it's plenty. They're, they're doing their part to draw on the visiting fans as well and, and keep those tourist dollars coming in. But um, cool for Vegas that they are all of a sudden a really big sports town. I would not be surprised to see the final piece of the puzzle of them get an NBA team somewhere down the road and, and they'll have all four. Um, but uh, very very cool for the people of Vegas, but very awful for the people of Oakland. You would think with expansion being talked about, there would be a way where they could keep the A's in Oakland and get Vegas its team. And, and, and both communities could be, right. you know, supporting a major league team. But, um, you know, now we just need to think of a, uh, a new name for this team because the desert offers an awful lot of awesome animals. And I'm always of the opinion. Oh, you you think they're going to change the name? I don't think they will, but I think okay. they should. And Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the A's have been around since 1901. You should always change your oh, name. Here they are move. going to their fourth city, like, right. you know. You should, but like that, the that traveling co- road show that has been the A's. That colorway, though. I mean, that, that green and yellow are, is, like, smooth. so iconic. But you should always change your name if you move because there's no jazz in Utah, very little lakes in L.A. I, I agree. You should always just, like, move them. I'm sure there's a couple Pelicans in New Orleans, but whatever. Well, it's the Pelicans. State. Well, they, but they yeah. they made that. Oh, yeah. They yeah. made that. That's the good one. That was the, the one that moved one. the Hornets. They moved the, the Hornets, Hornets to yeah. New Orleans, but yeah. they moved them back to... Charlotte and the Bobcats, and I don't know if they're well. And the Bobcats was just because the guy that owned it was Bob named Johnson. Bob. Yeah, yeah. Are the Cardinals split. in Arizona? I'm sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, Cardinals they were the Chicago Cardinals, yeah, so I mean, they I moved asked. Chicago, that is, St. That Louis, is state bird. bird. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like the state bird of like ten different states. states. A lot of Cardinals in yeah. the U.S. But that's the thing. I, my my uh, team naming preference is always that it's named after local fauna. And mm. the, the desert provides so many great opportunities for, for team names, so it would be cool to see, well, see any number of desert animals take over as the new A's team. If they were going to change it, right? And maybe they give, you know, maybe it's the Nashville Athletics. I kind of like that. That kind of rolls off the tongue. Maybe, you know, they, they move that franchise history over to Nashville. Okay. Uh, and Don't Las Vegas gets a brand-new team, right? You know what I'm saying? Um, kind of a Cleveland Browns situation. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the 51s. Like that, that was, I thought, the best it was fun. minor league team. And I would love to see alien stuff for any major league team. So I'd be in, in fan of aliens. You'd be a fan of aliens. The, All right. the Las Vegas, the Las Vegas aliens. <laughs> hey, they're real folks. But yeah, uh, that, the, the, the last team that, that popped up there, the hockey team, is named the Golden Knights, like after the army. Like it, it, tie it into your local, to your local uh, community. That's what I think. Well, and like you bring up basketball. Um, I, I do wonder because the NBA and MLB just kind of have the similarity of both having 30 teams. Uh, so if, if you were to expand to two to make it 32 like the NFL, um, what, where are the next two cities you're going for Major League Baseball now that Vegas is occupied? I'm not going to Nashville, no, because why? I've been that city. There's not enough fans there to support a team. And they already have the Cardinals close in Memphis for the Redbirds. So it's no, Tennessee's out. I'm probably going to go to the uh, upper Northwest, so maybe Portland. They deserve a team. Uh, one of those, uh, uh, I don't know, like there's Seattle, but there's like that dearth be- between Seattle and the California teams. And then maybe bring Montreal back into the fold. So we have actually two Canadian teams, and there's a the desire for Montreal to have another team. So, yeah, I'm thinking those two teams. Firstly, I'm opposed to expansion because there's teams that suck currently and they're not drawing fans and their culture's not there the history's not there they don't need to expand we need to just keep it at 30 right now but if the, the two teams i would be portland and uh montreal i know people love nashville but it doesn't appeal to me i think nashville appeals for the same reason that las vegas would appeal it's a place where everybody goes all the time to visit and you put a stadium right downtown in nashville you're going to get a bunch of visitors from out of town hey my team is playing it, playing the Nashville team this weekend. Let's go on a nice little weekend trip. I think it. I think it makes a ton of sense. I also think, I would think that the South would be hungry for more for more teams. You know what I mean? We saw, we've seen in Florida that not be the case, surprisingly, <laughs> from an attendance standpoint. But uh, you know, Charlotte, Nashville, New Orleans, like uh, the the South is a is a region that is not only growing in population, but that uh, plays baseball. Mm-hmm. All year round, you know what I mean. So many, so many of these guys are from Florida and, and uh, other parts of the South, just because the weather allows them to play throughout the year. A lot of these guys live in Nashville in the off season. I think Nashville makes a ton of sense. 
Um, well, Portland makes a ton of sense. Montreal makes a ton of sense. I think there's a, a few teams, but I think Nashville makes a lot of sense from, a, from a, again, an economic standpoint as, uh, as much as anything else. 27th largest media market. Vegas is 40th. And then you do look at just the MLB teams on a map. Um, you have the two Texas teams. You have the Florida teams. Uh, Cincinnati and St. Louis are kind of as south as they go. But those are Midwest um, cities. But those yeah, are right, Midwest. Yeah. And then, you know, that when you go east, how south it really goes is Washington. Right. So, like, there's a huge spot, whether it be Charlotte or Nashville, where and you the, could And the expect. Braves obviously have a huge footprint from right. them being on cable TV and stuff yeah. like that. So, I mean, like, I understand you live in North Carolina, you live in Tennessee, you live in Louisiana, you might be a diehard Braves fan, yep. and it might be hard to change those, you know, that, well, that kind of situation. We even see Vegas where they get their, the, the, the Golden Knights, like, they finally get their pro team, right. and that city goes out and you know, fills it up. And I just checked the uh, NHL attendance. They have 103% capacity each and every night. Like they're, they're standing room only. Yeah, they've each been and good every night. too. Yeah. They've yeah. been, they've been good too, yeah. which usually helps. Um, but I don't know. I have a feel feeling if Charlotte, you know, does get a, a spot and I guess they do have the NBA team uh, and Nashville does have the predators, but I, I think they would come out and, and support it. Uh, theoretically, that stadium is one of the best stadiums that they already have. And they can be retrofitted to something that's well forty thousand seats. They didn't right rename in. it though because it's truest. truest. Yeah, they would just have to name it something else. Truest would move over. Just say, hey, we'll just be in Atlanta. Cool. Weren't there two? Uh, weren't there two NBA arenas that were both American, American Airlines? Al- yeah, yeah, American right. Airlines in Dallas and in Miami. Oh, okay. There you yeah. go. Yeah, well, just Truest Park and Field. There, there you, you go. go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to bring this up. Uh, Joe Sheehan, longtime MLB writer, said. Um, he thinks that Vegas would be a disaster, and he says when it comes to market size, Vegas is hot Milwaukee. There's no secondary market, and the tourists will prop it up idea is a myth. Um, you got 81 games compared to 41 games, double the games, um, and two, like it's 18,000 that you're filling out for the T-Mobile Arena. It's going to be a 40, I think 35,000, uh, wait, I have it, uh, 1 billion, 35,000 seat ballpark. Will you be able to fill it out? Will you be able to get 35,000 people in Las Vegas in 105-degree weather or whatever? Not if the A's keep playing like this. No. (laughs) I'm sure there's going to be a dome. I'm sure there's going to be a – I wouldn't put a retractable roof in Vegas. I'm just like, it's just a dome. I'm not opening up that bitch because from April to September, it's going to be hot. And in the middle months, it's going to be really hot. So I'm going to be going. I know a lot of people were like, hey, I'm not going to Oakland because I know they're going to be moving soon. I'll be attending a couple games the White Sox play out there just to see the spectacle of Vegas and the sports. Like Vinny said, like 10 years ago, Oakland had all their teams, and 10 years ago, Vegas had none of their teams, and now it's just like the Aces, the Golden Knights, the Raiders, and now the A's. Like, it's a destination spot for sports fans because of sports books, because of gambling, and now you actually have the actual MLB, uh, NHL, and NFL in the house, and the WNBA champions in the house of Vegas. JJ here is right. He makes a great comment. Uh, That place is going to be corporate as heck. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, uh, you know, right across the expressway from the strip. If you've gone to Vegas, you know, it's a, uh, what, about a five or six block mall, basically, with a bunch of advertisements, like you're staring at the inside of a baseball arena. So it makes total sense that you will see nothing but uh, a lot of advertising, a lot of corporate stuff. It'll be like, you know, like in New York or something like that. And plus, Everybody goes to Vegas all the time. Yes. Every people, everybody has somebody that they know that has been to Vegas within the last six months. I mean, people go there all the time. And if you are a White Sox fan and they're going to be playing the Vegas A's, you're going to go to Vegas for the weekend to see that happen. Damn straight. I understand that you can't fill up a stadium every single day with just tourists, but between the corporate and the tourist. And then again, like I said, Get the people in there. I mean, the guys insulting Milwaukee, those people love the Brewers up there. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, what's to say that if they the this team doesn't play well, that they won't get local support like the like well, the hockey team and like the WNBA team? But has. we see Milwaukee's owner crying poor. Like, I mean, David Stearns after the pandemic in 2021 was saying, like, well, we didn't, you know, we didn't make our, uh, our money back. The A's, have been, the A's right. are the well, textbook definition of that for than they have been for 25 years. Absolutely. Are they gonna go <laughs> spend money? Like, I, I, oh, yeah. I think the novelty of of traveling to to Vegas will wear off. Like for for baseball fans i don't know i don't think i don't know if that's how many how many times can you handle vegas in your life 
Well, but it doesn't have to be but the same one I person know. every time. It could be but different. Like, <laughs> like I, I don't. I've never gone because the answer is not many. Sure, yeah, I haven't <laughs> gone to Vegas in a long time because I've done the Vegas thing five, six times. No, it's different. Now, if Vegas has a baseball team, I have a reason to go out there. And if the stadium and the atmosphere is right, I'm gonna go multiple times and spend my money mostly in the casinos. But also go to a couple games, too. Well, and again, just going back to the money part of this, because I don't know how the A's are going to do this, because the A's, again, are notably known for spending so much money uh, really investing in their team. Uh, their owner is a part of a dynasty uh, breed that's totally not dying in the gap. Um, like, I don't know. Like, this, they don't seem like it's going to be a good team. Like, Vegas has been good. The Golden Knights have been good. The Raiders, it's, what, eight games? Now, I guess, nine games? Nine or eight games, depending on the season, because it's a 17-game season. Yeah. Um, like, that's that's really easy to fill, you know. Uh, well, a, NFL. They right, it's NFL. NFL. Yeah, right. Like, I just, I think if that team is bad, which they probably will be, like, I, I just, I have concerns about it. But remember, it. the A's, every once in a while, come up and get a wild card, because they do well in player development. And when those, once those players right. get good, get off my team immediately and because I'm a cheap owner. I like to get in all the money from the uh, competitive balance tax and such. But I would hope that this owner just cashes out. Cool, we're moving. I'm going to cash out. Give me my billions. I'm gone. And the, another person who's really serious about improving this A's on-field roster and on-field product because all I've heard about that stadium out there in Oakland, it's just way far away from the action because it's a football stadium. And it's not conducive to actual good baseball being played unless you were having superstars like they had in the late 80s, early 90s. Well, and Sean, I'll say this. You're raising, oh, my goodness, I don't know if they're going to be able to fill that stadium in Las Vegas every night. Well, what's the alternative? They stay in Oakland and they get 5,000 no, people they, every that's night? that's true. And they're getting a, you know, they're pro I don't, I haven't seen what, how and much money they're getting too. from the city of Vegas, but I bet the city of Vegas is probably doing a decent amount of uh, paying the for the, the billion dollar. What? Do they count the possum as the, the attendance, attendance count? I think so. Yeah. I think it's, it's 5,001. Um, but also but, like, I'm sure the Oakland fans are sad that their team is leaving. Absolutely. But if the White Sox left and they went to Nashville, I would reluctantly go to damn Nashville every once in a while to see my favorite team. I think Oakland fans, yes, they're sad, but otherwise, what are they going to do? Become Giants fans? No, that's their mortal enemy. They're going to be going down to Vegas, just like they have to go down to Vegas to see their Oakland Raiders. Yeah, but but I, I, but give it time, and all the and it will cycle, and they will all be Giants fans. Yeah, because that's the local team. And because mm -hmm. kids two kids two generations from now aren't going to remember the Bay Area interleague rivalry. Who and who <laughs> who would want to go? Who who wouldn't want to go to that park? I oh mean, that's goodness. consistently a top three <laughs> yeah. park for everybody else. And the A's park is the worst. Like, I mean, that or Tropicana. And also, too, like I just saw the Coliseum. Like, poor A's fans. Like, not only has their team been awful for the past thirty years, but then Al Davis just puts that monstrosity out in center field. Like, I saw the. I never seen the old Oakland Coliseum. I saw a picture of it today. Like before the, the Mount Davis. I've never seen it pre-Mount Davis. That's a beautiful ballpark. I didn't know there was trees behind center field. <laughs> I mean, what the... F like, they got screwed. Absolutely screwed after, you know, Al Davis came into Oakland. And, and yeah, ugh. Just, I feel bad for Oakland fans. Just because, right, they have nothing now. Uh, your Warriors are in San Francisco. Uh, your A's and Raiders are in Las Vegas. And, you know, now you got nothing besides the Giants. Um, And that was a rivalry, too. So yeah. like what like if the if the Sox did go to Nashville what am I going to become a Cubs fan? You um, might not, but you your know. grandkids might. Be. Oh yeah. right, a hundred percent they would be. Yeah, and and that's the thing too. Also, like if the White Sox ever did move to Nashville, I'm absolutely uh, going to Twitter.com on my unverified account and burning all of my White Sox stuff. Uh, just you just like bought the, it. that's that's the one of the I dumbest things in the world. No, no, no. no it you already matter. bought it. Doesn't no. matter. It's a sunk no, cost. I, I I get it. I get it. You think Ryan's are looking on Twitter? It's like no, Son it's, of a it's bitch. not even. Sean it's just it's my, it's my own catharsis. <laughs> it, it's not even about what Jerry Ryan's worth. Thanks. I don't care about. Again, going back to time, two generations from now, that would be hot retro equipment. Hot retro gear. That's true. No well, one's burning any Montreal Expos gears these days, are they? Hey, and uh, our, our guys, <laughs> our, our guys from the 108, um, uh, made the Florida White Sox shirts when T Jerry almost moved them down to, I think it was Tampa, right? Yeah, or Fort Lauderdale, one of them. Tampa, Tampa. Um, so hey, we almost had the Tampa Sox. Um, let's take a quick break here. Um, oh, I, my final point though, with 
A is moving to Las Vegas. It's an it's a regional sport, so I do wonder again how much the region can actually support it. So we'll we'll, we'll see. Hopefully, but hey, you're adding another region to the roster though, too, right? What are people in Vegas right now? They D backs fans, or they you know what I mean? Like Dodgers, Dodger fans, like Padres. You just, I mean, you, the Bay Area, the Giants aren't going anywhere. Like you've got the Bay Area as one of your regions in baseball. You didn't have Vegas. Now the people in Vegas have a local team. You just expanded the number of regions. I mean, we already have the example of that where Washington, D.C. fans are flocking to the Nationals. They were probably Baltimore Orioles fans before that, and now they are you know live closer to D.C. They're like, hey, the Nationals won a World Series. I'm a Nationals fan. You know, it's been tough the last couple of years after the World Series, but I think they fill up the stadium a decent amount for a team that's just absolutely abysmal. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Um, You're not going to be hey, going to Oak, I mean, to Vegas again. Like I'll go once, but like that again. I think the novelty will wear off. The big, the biggest loss for me is I loved the uh, the artist rendering of the plans for the stadium to keep the A's oh, in on the Oakland. Bay? It was yeah. right on the harbor, and it had that weird park that went up the side of the stadium. So it was like center field was like ground level. And then you could, if you weren't at the game, you could from the outside of the stadium walk up the side and like look down on the game from the roof. It was going to be a small park. And I think that's, I think that obviously we're not going to, you're not getting it anytime soon because they're building a $1.5 billion ballpark in Vegas. But that could be a future, the future of some of these ballparks. They don't have to fit 40,000 people in them. Yeah. Maybe you make them a little smaller. They're a little more intimate. And you know yeah. what? They they look cooler. That's for sure. Absolutely. I mean, my, my whole point is like the, the jewel box, build them within one square block. Square yeah. block. Because yeah. like once they get all sprawling and big, it just becomes a giant mess. You mentioned you mentioned D.C. And I've been to that Nats Park. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a it's a it's a nice new building. It's clean. It's everything is fine. And it is completely charmless, in my opinion. I mean, it, it, it's in a nice location. Right. It's right where the right where the rivers meet. Like, it's a nice. It's a it. Everything about it screams nice, but it's just not interesting. I and I think if you if you make these ballparks a little smaller, you they might be more interesting, more fun to look at, more fun to be at. I feel like you said that the same thing about Minnesota's park. It's just kind of it is new. It's it's yeah. clean, but it's there's no charm there. I am probably one of the only people who doesn't like. Target Field. Every other person I've talked to that has been there is like, man, this is the stuff right here. I like right Target down Field. town. You can just walk in from the street. And Courtney wants to go this year. I'm like, I guess I got to go. It's a terrible ballpark. Um, mostly it's because of my hatred of Minnesota and the, their niceness and the Twins in general. Um, but I think for expansion, too, how about you put them back in Oakland? Like, why does the Oakland A's fan and the Oakland fan well, lose no a team? Park. Huh? Right. There's no ballpark. I mean, I know, but they can make one. That's the owner. Yeah, but the owner didn't. They wanna, don't want to pay for it. Yeah, the, the owner didn't want to pay for it. Well, in the I guess this. I mean, that's the city's plans, you know, yeah. or something like. Yeah, that. you can. I, mean, I think the A's might have had something to do with that too. I think it was on their website. In California, it's different. Yeah. You have to get a vote of two thirds of the people in your jurisdiction. That you know, whenever you raise taxes for a uh, stadium, they have to uh, okay it. So. That's the thing. In California, all those stadiums that are built are pretty much privately financed, not people who are uh, not taxpayer financed. And they should all be privately financed. Exactly. Private companies, it's private companies reaping the rewards. Yeah, so, I can't yeah. I can't go into guaranteed rate after business hours. It's like, hey, this is my field. I've kind of paid for a little bit <laughs> and just like play a couple games. No, well, it's we, their field. They're going to let me not do that. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, can we try it with Soldier? I know the no. Park District owns that. It's no. not the same as like, you know, humble. Yeah, I can't. Well, get, those close. Those know. parks close at dusk too. Okay, so. all right, all right. <laughs> but, but like I can't go to noon at Soldier Field and you know throw the pigskin around, play frisbee. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's like you bring Dylan Cease. He's like play this frisbee. This is a Chicago Field. Park District, right? I could just throw a frisbee yeah. on the terrible grass. Oh yeah, uh, and uh, I like chugging with Fresh's idea uh, a Vegas July tailgate. Um, Sounds terrible. Hot dogs will cook himself. <laughs> uh, anyways, let's uh, take a quick break here. Uh, if see you, you later, Dougie. If you are looking to uh, go to a game, whether it be in Vegas, whether it be one of the final ones in Oakland. Uh, Sean, you're falling off the screen, by the way. You got to watch that. Uh-oh. <laughs> whether it be in Chicago. It's weird because I can't see Vinny unless I'm like this angle. I'll back up. Um, well, you got to like back your chair up. Like, I oh, there's no like, room for that. I checked. Right. I mean, like, so we're just kind of, I'm just going to hide in this plant and not see Vinny. Um, <laughs> 
There, a little bit. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all these sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Again, whether you're in Vegas, Oakland, Chicago, uh, the killer deals you'll find on Game Time on last minute tickets uh, will have their best price guarantee. You could stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hype for all of the fun that you'll have. There are flash deals, so you know you can unlock some of the great deals, the the best deals for uh, not only the best seats but also for the best price. Um, download the app that over fifteen million people have downloaded. Uh, you can create a Game Time. Uh, game time account and use code chgo for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code chgo for twenty percent or twenty dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed code chgo twenty dollars off your first purchase game time app all right that was kind of a messy read there uh but we absolutely love game time uh they've come in clutch for many many white Sox games and the best part too is that that price match guarantee is 100% real. Uh, it's up to 110% money back and their customer service is extremely quick. So you should get it within the half hour uh, that you notice, hey, there's a there's a better deal on some other site. Also want to let you know about Shady Rays. Uh, the sun is finally out. I know rain was intermittent, but take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead Vinny. with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Look at Vinny. Uh, Shady Rays are an independent sunglasses company <laughs> that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventure. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. And you can purchase Shady Rays with confidence as well because if you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized shades. Try yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. I was really enjoying that Vegas discussion. Um, didn't think it would go 20 minutes. And uh, I think it's just because we don't want to talk about the 2023 White Sox. Um, I'd rather talk about the Vegas A's and uh, that that market for for hours and hours than uh, than open up the seven and twelve bucket. But here we are on the CHGO White Sox podcast. Can't open a bucket. Um, let's jump into some stats. Um, you can't open a bucket. You can't right. open a bucket. I don't like, know why you're opening it's a bucket. Got, it's just completely open to begin with. Uh, wait, open a, a bee's nest. I mean, if it has a, a lid, a you can open it. Bees? Do you have you know, buckets know. with lids? No, a bucket doesn't have a lid. Sometimes. Those buckets of ice cream, you know, those big head, huge buckets of ice cream. See, I consider that a tub. Okay, there it yeah. is. Okay. Yeah. Maybe a pint as well if it's smaller. Sure. Yeah. Um, Let's get into uh, some stats here. Uh, All that's in the White Sox bucket is mint ch chocolate chip ice cream, which I hate. Which other people believe much Why love. are you bringing up mint chocolate chip ice cream? I hate mint chocolate chip ice cream. Because that's yeah, what you want to get in an ice cream discount? You really don't want to talk about the 2024. Oh, no, no, I'm just going to say that the bucket is filled with terrible ice cream. I love mint chocolate chip exactly. ice cream. Exactly. It's fantastic. And because, like, the mint part, you know, it's minty, but then the chocolate, it's sweet. Chocolatey. So it's like a uh, yeah. low minty and sweet. I, I like it. Your thoughts on mint chocolate chip ice cream? It's fine. Okay. Steven? I like it. All right. So it's fine. Steven and I like it. Herb hates it. There you go. One of the uh, let us know in your, your in the chat if you like mint chocolate chip ice cream or not. Um, let's go to this first question that I have for Vinny and Herb, and it's going to be, which socks is off to the most concerning start? Which player is off to the most concerning start on the 7 and 12 team, if there is any? Vinny, you want to go first? Well, I'll put it this way. I, this is maybe a bit of a cop-out answer, but I think I would say the guy who... I have the least amount of faith can just turn it on right away. And I would say maybe Elvis Andrews. Okay. Um, he's not hitting very well at all right now. Um, now, granted, uh, didn't hit very well in Oakland last year and then came to the White Sox and really flipped the switch. So maybe that's uh, a little bit unfair to him. But uh, the other the other guys on the team, you know, Aloy Jimenez's numbers right now are real bad. But you can expect... You should be able right. to expect him to start hitting very well uh, over the course of the entire season. We saw Yohan Moncada get off to the great start. He's hurt right now, but you know you know he can do it. Tim Anderson, you know is Tim Anderson. So I would probably look to 
a guy like Andrews, um, I don't uh, I don't think Oscar Colas has been overly impressive so far. Um, I don't know if that is worthy of calling him the most concerning player on the team, but um, yeah, and then there's some guys in the bullpen that obviously have, have struggled uh, a little bit as well. But I think most of these guys have the ability to 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 come back and turn it right back on. Um, certainly, there's nobody on the team right now. I think that is free of criticism other than maybe what Jake Berger's done with the bat. But um, yeah, I, I guess I would pick Andrews. That might be a cop-out answer, but but there you go. It is an answer. Um, and hey, uh, 16, uh, it, no, wait, that's not the actual number. Uh, he's 16th percentile and outs above average for uh, second baseman. So uh, the switch over to second base, I don't know if it's been, been great, but also we haven't seen him play a ton of second base because of Tim Anderson's injury. So, uh, you know, may, maybe more consistency. I do wonder about him, Aloy, Luis, Maybe it's just April. We saw Jose Abreu be a, yep. a slow starter. Uh, not sure if that's it, but Herb, who who's concerning you the most? Guy with a 190, 261, 238 slash line. That's Aloy Jimenez. Like, he's just lost at the plate right now. Out of all the starters on the White Sox, he's got the highest K rate at 30%. Like, that's not Aloy-like. And while he's got an 8% walk rate, not awesome but you know he's seeing the ball a little bit better than most in the White Sox 42 on his uh weighted runs created plus just not Aloy like now will it will Aloy become Aloy hopefully yeah but there's been no home runs in the 11 games he's played and I know he went out for 10 games but 11 games and all the at-bats that he's had I haven't seen anything I was like here he comes all right Aloy's coming and he's almost on the precipice of being himself he looks just in between on fastballs and uh, off-speed pitches. He's flailing at pitches that he hasn't done in the past. Just not the guy that we all thought would come back and say only thing that's holding him back from an actual great season is health. He's had, you know, he was out for 10 days, but he's played for 11 games, and that 11-game stretch has been not great with the bat. Yeah, and two, like, I just don't know if it's injury related. I mean, that that's why I think my answer is Yoan Mankata is because we've seen Aloy come back. Um, but Yoan, it seems like it's just a little bit more delayed. We see him deal with this at the end of spring training and now it's coming back again. And there's, I think talk that he might need a rehab assignment for, he will need a rehab assignment for a guy like, yes, a guy that had, you know, played a lot in spring training, world baseball, world baseball classic already in the regular season. Like, I don't know. Like, is it, is it, a lot of Why time. does he need a rehab assignment? Did they go into it? Was just Adrian just said the time off, the amount of time that he hasn't played. I mean, remember the all yes. the travel he had too. The first leg was Taiwan. in Taiwan. Then they had to travel to Japan. Then he had to travel to Miami. Then after that was done, he had to travel back to Arizona. I'm sure that travel doesn't help a person who has back problems out that much. And as I was saying yesterday, different beds, you know, different softnesses, and could act, you know make a back act up. And so I'm I'm hoping that Aloy or uh, Yohan comes back and has full health out of that. The reason that Moncada will need one and Aloy didn't is because Yohan Moncada plays the field. They want to be able to make sure that his timing is not only there at the plate, but there at third base as well. Aloy Jimenez came back and didn't need a rehab assignment because he just strolls to the plate four times a game, and, and that's all he needs to do. Uh, that's what Pedro said the other day, by the all way. Right. That makes a little bit more sense why that that, that is necessary. Um, And shout-out to Dougie in the chat, too. Only seven likes. Uh, give us those likes. I think we got uh, 12. So if you're hanging out with us in the chat, uh, make sure you're hitting that thumbs-up button. It really does help us grow. Um, at least going to the March stats for their career, Aloy, uh, 65 weighted runs created plus uh, uh, for his career average. Elvis Andrews, 82. Uh, so those guys... Uh, Below average hitters in historically March and April. slow starters. Historically slow starters. A la a, Jose Abreu. Are we looking at a, a more positive May and June for those two players, or Aloy specifically? Well, let me change the time filter for you, Herb. <laughs> Thank you, um, because that's that's what's killing me, and I'm sure the White Sox offense not having one of their best sluggers be their best sluggers. Um, only 47 plate appearances for Aloy in May in his e career, which I think is probably a bigger issue. That makes sense. Um, but his stats get worse. He went from a 65 oh, weighted runs created plus to a 64. Yeah. Elvis Andres got better, uh, 82 to a 93. Uh, so that's pretty decent. And then uh, let's see, maybe June is when uh, Aloy turns it on. I mean, it, probably July will be the big thing. But yeah, June uh, for Aloy, 142. So 
I mean, got to wait, you know, I, I, I hope he starts figuring it out a little bit. We've seen some bloops from him, uh, but nothing hard hit. Um, he, he really looks uh, just like you said, not really picking up the ball. Well, uh, Elvis Andrews, uh, a slow starter in June 83. So, uh, hey, maybe he's uh, maybe he's just not that good. Uh, we'll figure that out with Elvis Andrews. But he plays second base like again, like second base was a concern last year. Absolutely. But when we look at the 2022 Sox, like, was second base the reason why they were bad? No. Like, it's 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 Aloy, it's Yoan, it's Tim, it's Luis, all dealing with health issues. And so far, three of the four have, have dealt with that. Um, Luis Robert, I, I, I'd say, like, his his some of his stats are concerning. Um, I was looking at pitches in the heart of the plate, um, and I was thinking Andrew Benatendi would probably be, like, the worst. Like, pitches that are truly, like, not even corner, like, near the corner, like, truly just kind of middle of the plate. Uh Exit, average exit velocity for Luis Robert on those hits, uh, 90.6 uh, in the middle of the plate. You'd think if you throw him anything hittable, uh, he'd be smashing it. Uh, but he he is one of the worst uh, comparing to Hanser Alberto so far <laughs> during the year. Uh, Elvis Andrus is second worst at 89.1 and Yasmani Grandal at 87.7. I don't know if I'm con- extremely concerned about Yasmani, though, just because we've seen his blocking be decent. It seems like the legs are all right, but... Again, the, the hitting hasn't been there. Um, and also, his walk rate's been down. So I do wonder if he is just being more aggressive. The K rate's a, a little bit higher than it was last year. The walk rate's a little bit lower. However, the ISO's higher. So, like, I don't know if that's just because of the one home run, but it does seem like there is a little bit power left in the Grandal bat. So I don't know if I'm really massively concerned about Grandal because especially he's been playing. I, I think I said earlier before the year, like, it will be until September until we kind of truly see how Yasmani is held up because, you know, they'll need a catcher for the postseason, and I don't think they're planning on it to be Sebi Zavala. So um, if Grandal can withhold that health until September, uh, I'm not too concerned about him. Uh, However, one guy I'm a little concerned about is Andrew Benatendi. You? As as per usual, yes. Shocker. Uh, Benatendi currently has a career low line drive rate at 18.5%. His career average is 21.8. So about 3.3% worse, uh, than his career average. His ground ball rate is over 50% for the first time in his career. Again, it's only 19 games very early on in the year. Natural Uh, White Sox. His previous career high is in 2019 where he had a ground ball rate of 40.7%. Uh, so nearly 10% higher again, not really following what his career norms are. Uh, Evan, distance for uh, hitters on pitches in the heart of the plate. Again, going back to this stat, um, Benatendi has the lowest average distance this year for any major league hitter with at least 20 balls that were hit on pitches in the middle of the strike zone. He's barely hitting at 100 feet. Um, Luis Garcia of the Nationals is on this list at 109. Uh uh, Yoshida from the Red Sox is out at 111. Uh, Kevin Kiermeyer now of the Blue Jays is at 127. And Jose Abreu is at 120. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, kind of funny just seeing the the 60 and $75 million man who kind of replaced uh, Jose Abreu in the lineup also struggling. And, and Jose seeing Jose Abreu also struggle, um, I don't know what that means. But that's common uh, for but, Jose Abreu to struggle. Right. I thought because of playing in the South, playing in a dome stadium, he would start off his April very hot or better than he was. Maybe it just takes him a little bit of time to be the Jose Abreu that we usually see. I mean, this is, happens every year, even though he switched teams. I expect Jose Abreu to post the numbers that he usually does. Probably. And I, like I don't that. know. And I like I mean, that title, too. It's great. I, every, yeah. I, I and do, apropos. I did like that. Oh, it's all it's gone. There um, it is. It's back. But I mean, we even saw last year with Abreu. I mean, he didn't hit a homer from August third to September fifteenth. Like, is August Abreu still there? Like, I don't. He didn't show it last year. He didn't. He looked horrible. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't have paid him twenty million dollars. We brought that up before. Um, but, but are you guys concerned about Benintendi? Like, Anytime Sean gets a chance to say that he wouldn't have given Jose Abreu's contract, you I do it every well, time. We also talk five days a week, so it yeah. just kind of comes up every a lot. time. Um, it should be a drinking game on this show. Do you have concern for Benatendi, though? Because I would say the one thing that I think maybe gives credence, because not only is he in a new city, um, but the one guy that really hasn't seen consistency in the lineup with Tim Anderson going out is Benatendi. And we've seen him versus lefties bat around sixth. And then when he was facing righties, bat around third. And now that Tim's been out uh, at the top of the lineup. So I, I don't know if maybe that inconsistency has hurt him. Yeah, but that... It was it was talked about that he's a guy that could bat anywhere in the lineup, right? I mean, that was supposed to be a um, 
a plus to his presence is that Pedro could move him around and put him wherever he wanted to. Uh, and, and I think he showed that by, you know, dropping him versus lefties and, and raising him versus righties. So, uh, I mean, Benintendi's batted plenty uh, and, and, and he's gone to the top of the lineup pretty consistently because for the majority of the season now, Tim Anderson has been, has been sidelined. So I think that uh, you've seen a guy get pretty consistent lineup placement. I mean, I don't think he you can blame that for, for what he's doing. I do think, though, that this is a guy who you'll probably look up at the end of the year and be like, oh, yeah, okay, he was fine. He was what he was supposed to be. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to keep saying it's early, it's early, it's early. It just you know that there's so much time left that you can get those numbers. You just talked about it happening with Abreu, Herb, all the time, right, where April would come and go, and you'd be like, oh, my goodness, Jose Abreu's slumping, and then by the end of September, you'd be like, oh, look, Jose Abreu did the Jose Abreu thing. I think Benintendi's probably another one of those guys who is just um, reliable in terms of production. And I'm sure he's putting a lot of pressure on himself because he knows what the White Sox did last year, and he's like, I'm the big-time free agent. I'm $75 million man Andrew Benintendi. I need to do this, that, and the other, and coming into a new atmosphere with a new teammates, he's probably putting undue pressure on himself. Calm down. Do what you did before because you saw the numbers you were just uh, reciting are not that he, what he's done in his career and, at all. And so 3% more um, was a ground ball rate than, yeah, he's, than he's used to. So I once he gets settled, once Timmy comes back, and you put Andrew Benintendi, I think, in the better position at second – or a second in the lineup, then you'll see, I think, a little bit more consistency from him and that pop that we haven't seen from him at all. I don't know. I don't know if he's got pop. I can't. He's got pop. Like, does he, does he get double-digit home runs this year? Yes. I'm not sure. Uh, Conforto, we should bet on that. Conforto's up to four. I'll bet on that deal. I'm, I mean, I don't even think he's pulled a fly ball this year. I mean, I, seriously. I, Here he comes. What are the stakes? Um, we bet it. <laughs> yes. Literal yeah. stakes. We're, doing, we're gonna pull a beef loaf and Josh Nelson and start betting on stakes. Whatever you want, what or stake literal stakes. S T A K E S, like the kind that you like use to, to put a tent up. Maybe we'll figure. Maybe yeah. we'll, we'll 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 detail. I was more violent. Yeah, yours was E A K. I was thinking about murdery. I was thinking vampires and such. And Sean's one of them. Ben attendee this year. I did see someone try to. Uh, it was uh, Jim Margulis, the Sox machine, try, try to say like, "Well, he's been he's been good at guaranteed right field. I think his slash line's like 320, 340, and then four hundred or something at guaranteed right field specifically." But then just looking at where he's hit the ball and like where he's like hit the ball in the air at guaranteed right field, left field. Again, this is what I was all worried about was that he'd just be slappy McGee up there, and here he is slapping balls all around the but infield, like, and it's like he's not he's not three twenty is good. Right, but like, do you pay a guy seventy five million dollars to? We don't to, pay him anything. It doesn't that's matter. That's true. But <laughs> like, my, our whole point of, of, of over the past like year of talking about this, and even Rick Hahn said it at the trade deadline last year, like, ball go far, team go far. You yeah, go, well, you go get a guy who ball don't go far off bat. No. Did anybody ever? Did anybody ever say that they brought in Andrew Benintendi because they think he's going to hit twenty home runs? No, but my no, my point he's is he's not just, here to hit home runs, th- and that's stupid. You should get a guy that hits home runs. Well, they that's have the issue with the Aloy team. Jimenez and Yoan Moncada and Yasmani Grandal and Luis Robert and all those guys. They're not hitting home runs. That's the problem. I think you named five guys, and I think they have. Six homers yeah. combined. Yes. I could throw Andrew Vaughn on that list, too, and it only raises it by one. Yes. yes. There you go. Um, your guy. Hey, my guy. He put, um, he put he, a stake through your heart. We got the uh, the graphic from yesterday about uh, Andrew Vaughn hitting balls over 100 miles per hour, something Ben Attendee can't. Um, anyways, uh, you don't have to pull it up. So I was just being a, a dick. Um, let's uh, go to the White Sox as a team, though, uh, that, that team graphic, if you can, Stephen. Um, we also wanted to... F- find if the White Sox were going to be better against fastballs this year um, as, as a team hitting. Uh, so in 2022 against forcing fastballs, they were 30th. In 2023, they were 21st. Improvement. Improvement. Uh, against two-seam fastballs, they were 4th. Now they're 21st. Mm. Against cutters, they were 4th. And now they're 23rd. Mm-mm. Against sliders, they were 17th. This year, they're 17th. Against curveballs, 12th. This year, 4th. Let's go. Versus the changeup, 7th. Last year, uh, this year, 11th. Split finger, 14th to 11th, and then the sweeper, 26th to the third. So uh, good good on the sweeper because that is uh, a pitch that's seen uh, an increase all across Major League Baseball. Oh, can you keep, keep flashing that? Sorry, Stephen. Uh, but again, like the slider is the most used pitch in baseball or one of the most used pitch in baseball. You don't see an improvement there. And the four-seam fastball, you're still a bottom 20 team. 
Um, and against fastballs in general, you've seen a decline against two seams and, and cutters. And I think a large part of that is Jose Abreu um, and Aloy Jimenez not hitting. But again, is this due to health? Weirdly enough, this is encouraging. They haven't hit the ball hard or hit it consistently enough lately. And they're not the worst team in baseball like they were in four seam fastballs last year. And and the pitcher you said that is becoming well, the pitch du jour, uh, sweepers, they're doing pretty well in. Oh, but French herb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just talked about Montreal area. The, the du jour is more of a, uh, what's it called? A crudité, maybe? Uh, maybe a, a, an, an hors d'oeuvre? Um, it's, it's, it's just shouting words. Now? Well, it's just, it's a small percent. <laughs> it's a small percent. It's a, it's, it's yeah. more of an appetizer. It's more of like 18%. I mean, fastballs are still used like 40% of the time. And they've improved nine spots. They're coming. But, but against other si- types of fastballs, they went from fourth against the two seamer and cutter down to the 20th. So now they were, you know, decent against cutters and two seamers. And now they stink against them. And they're 20th against four seam fastballs. I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you what, I wish I was third against the sweeper. Yeah. I got that street sweeping ticket the other day. Oh, me too. Oh. Mm, brutal. S- $60. Brutal. It hurt. I had to pay it today. It was, I was like, oh, that you work? sons of bitches. No, yeah. I'd buy a home. Mm. Yeah. And street, you can't even eat off the street. For the garage. It's not even clean as hell. It's garbage. And the street sweeper had already left, too. And the person came after the street sweeper and gave me a ticket. That's I'm like, I got what's mine. the point? I got mine the day it snowed. So I didn't even think they were going to do it because... It was supposed to snow. Right. Well, could you I'm just, like, you can't street sweep snow. Can't sweep snow. Can't. I've tried. Can't sweep snow. Um, mm. Let's go. Uh, it's just a useless thing. I don't. I don't see the streets becoming cleaner. It doesn't matter. <laughs> and yes, we do hate street sweepers. The people. This is, this is the, and the people podcast. who give the tickets. They're, they're the worst people in the world. Is it? They're just that's, doing their jobs, Herb. <sighs> nah, I got. I got a couple stories about those people being jerks. I don't want to share them because, again, they're just people doing their jobs. But um, this is Hater Wednesday, apparently. I know it's Thursday. It's but, Thursday. Um, yeah. There used to be a bit yeah. called Hater Wednesday. So that's that what I was trying to Lawrence re- Holmes re- show, refer yeah. to it. But, uh, yeah, we. I mean, I, you guys are hating street sweeping, and I hate Andrew Benetton. I mean, that's every day for you. I only hate street sweepers on the day that they come down my street. <laughs> and I got to wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning and move my car somewhere else. What are, what are I like look? seeing the one. There's one. There's one each for both baseball teams. Have you yeah. seen it? There's one street sweeper that has the Sox logo oh, on it. And no. There's one street sweeper that has the Cubs logo on it. Glad, glad we're a, a city divided. Well, no, they're on both sides of town. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, you'll see the Sox one up north and the Cubs one down south. That's good. I yeah. always, you know, I, I always again really hate street sweepers. But once I see the White Sox logo, I am. I'm all You're for fired up. I'm all for municipalities. Um, <laughs> let's go. Streets and sand. Let's go. A little bit deeper into the Sox versus the four seam fastball, though, because uh, Herb, I, I, they're still 21st. Yeah, um, they're still bad, but better than last they're, year. They're hitting the ball. They're hitting four seam fastballs just as hard, uh, about 91 miles per hour. Uh, they're hitting it more on a line, but I think that's worse. Uh, 12.2 launch angle compared to 17.9. And you could just see that's worse because. The, the distance has shrunk uh, 192 to 185. So, you know, when you, you want fastballs, Chris Johnson's talking about keying in on the fastball. That's the pitch you do your most damage on, and they're hitting the hitting it, uh, you know, not least, but least further. I yeah. mean, shorter. I hear you, That's but the these things are going to be, it's going to take some time for them to get from where they were last year to something that Castro and Chris Johnson are talking about of, you know, attacking fastballs. They remember these guys, and we talked about this last year. Like pitching, hitting coaches, not necessarily like people are not going to them. Like, hey man, what am I doing? Hey, can you help me? Can you fix me? Because if that was it, you would see these hitting coaches be more lauded than they are. For the most part, hitting coaches are like replaceable every year. I think this will take some time for the White Sox to actually do the philosophy that these uh, hitting coaches want them to do. And they've already shown a little fruits with the fastball. Now, if they can get the cutter stuff back and get the slider up from 17, where it was last year for it is right now, that would be much improved, but it's been awful baseball. I think mostly because of the bullpen has been given up leads and the hitting has only been in one inning, especially of the late. So four games in a row. Yeah. Four games in a row. So, I'm upset that the White Sox are doing the same thing, but also I'm looking forward to maybe them breaking through and finally doing the things that we've all yeah. think they can do, 
but it's like in the back of my mind, it's real small that they can maybe do it. But uh, that guy and that little uh, inkling of hope is dying back there in the back of my brain. Dying. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, my God. CPR. All that hope, man, it just goes away, man. It's the hope that kills you. Ted Lasso. Good show. Yes, it is. Uh, I've missed like this last three episodes. Uh, the everybody last year, everybody vilified Frank Menachino. And listen, his job was to be the hitting coach and they didn't hit. So that happens. That's the job, right? But the things that he was saying last year, the things that Tony LaRusso was saying last year, we're hearing from Pedro Grafal this year. They want the White Sox to stop swinging at pitches outside of the strike zone. Yeah, they want well, them to stop doing that more. If you ask Pedro Grafal what's going on with the offense, it's the same thing that he he says the same thing that Tony Larusa said when we asked him what's going on with the offense last year. And so I think Herb, you're absolutely right. These co- this coaching staff, very reasonable to to say it is a work in progress, and I understand that you haven't fixed it yet. The problem is they were hired to fix it. Yes. Absolutely. They were brought in to fix it. Exactly. Pedro Grafol was hired and the new coaching staff was hired to come in and work with the same players. The front office said, we're going to bring back pretty much the same players that disappointed last year. It is on the manager and the coaching staff to help them unlock the things that was preventing them from doing what they did a few years ago. Return them to old form, right? That kind of thing. It has not happened yet. And I think it's reasonable to say that, hey, it, it's going to take time. It doesn't all happen in a couple of months, right? But this was the job they were hired to do, and if they can't do it, then the front office, it's on them for, for keeping the same players because guess what? Then you just made a bet that, that lost. Well, and, and now I'm just wondering, like, when you go a little bit deeper into the stats, like, is it the players or is it the coaches? Or, you know, do you just need more time for this to to take root? But I, I, I'm just not sure. Uh, the White Sox, again, this is versus the four-seam fastball. Uh, their fly ball and line drive rate on four-seam fastballs in 2022, 10%. You want to be hitting fly balls and line drives. Yes, in 2023, 8.4%. So it, we've seen White a decrease. Uh, we've seen them swing less at four-seam fastballs, 52.2% to 48.6%. So basically like a 3% drop-off in them actually swinging. But then why has their out-of-swing percentage when the fastball's out of the zone... They're OOSP? They're, they're, well, this, is just, <laughs> this, is, this is O-swing. They're OOSP. O-dash swing. Okay. Um, O-dash swing. Uh, in 2022, swinging at fastballs outside of the zone, 13.5%. This year, twenty or 16.3%. So they're swinging less at fastballs, but they are swinging more at fastballs out of the zone. Again, that seems bad. It does. It doesn't seem You're good. Right. Well, they're I'll, they're I'll, hitting more ground balls than they are fly balls and line drives than, than they were last year when they were 29th or 30th or whatever I against know, fucking four-seamers. I know the last thing anybody wants to hear about right now is Tony La Russa, but I'll bring up another thing that he said last year, which was pitchers and hitters react very differently to coaching. Pitchers always want to know what they can do. One little tweak, what they mm-hmm. can do to make them better, to make their pitch spin a different way. They will listen to everything. They will talk to each other. They will constantly be either coaching themselves or seeking out coaching. They welcome all comers in terms of advice. Hitters do the opposite. They say, I I know how to hit a baseball. I've been doing it since I was 10 years old, and it got me all the way to the major leagues. What do you mean I need to change? And that's, I think, why we hear so much. You see so many stories written about, like, the hitting coach that did one thing to help play major leaguer right. X change his swing and it's like oh my god what a what a thing because I don't think that happens that often I'm not saying these guys are saying you know oh shut up stop talking to me kind of thing but I think it's just difficult more difficult to get them to change something that has worked for their entire life well and we saw Mike Tozar have one of those stories with Jorge Soler um, back in Kansas City so you thought like oh maybe that would be uh, a reason why you go out and hire a a, a coach like that Um, you hear it with Kevin Long with Kyle Schwarber in uh, Washington, and it really didn't turn out until June for that practice to really start to come to fruition where, you know, you work with this guy for two months and then you start hitting fastballs off high tees. And then, oh, here comes Kyle Schwarber hitting 13 home runs in the month of June in 2021 because of this just one simple drill. And, you know, many, I mean, Kyle Schwarber's always been a good hitter. <laughs> He's yeah, first right. round pick, but just that one little tweak. So and maybe you know. it took for Kyle Schwarber to get 
non-tendered by the Cubs to start listening to people. Maybe his uh, swing got a little stale there and working with uh, Kevin Long to get that ball in air on the high fastballs worked out. And, And I know people and players are probably like, and hitters mostly are like, man, the results are not there. If they're, these guys are telling them, hey, this will work. You got to let it just go and work its way. Players after a while be like, man, it's been five days. Your system isn't working. I'm going back to old school stuff. While Kyle Schwarber just stuck with it and then saw the fruits of his labor. It's the process over the results. It's tough to say. It's tough to hear, especially when you're not hitting home runs if Aloy Jimenez. You're not hitting home runs if you're Andrew Benintendi. You hit one yesterday if you're Andrew Vaughn, but you're probably telling them all these good things that we see, and they're like, yeah, hit the ball in the air, you dummies. When they see a fastball in your area, hit it hard because you do it well. And, you know, old, old habits die hard, and for these guys to break through, I'm sure it will take a little bit because – no one knows Chris Johnson from Adam. He hasn't done this in the major leagues as a hitting coach, and neither has Castro. Really hasn't done like, oh, there's a there's a there's a person I can point to that that guy did it. Tozar, yeah, with with uh, both uh, him and Pedro doing that with uh, Salvi and doing with uh, Soler. But that'll take a little time and a little trust where somebody's actually breaking through. It's like, okay, I see it. I see your vision, and now I'm seeing the results. Thank you, sir. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. Um, We'll probably continue the discussion on hitting. Uh, We'll talk about the Rays coming up as well and a little bit about the pitching staff before we get out of here. Have you guys heard about the Combat Energy Efficiency Program, though? I have. Yes. What are you laughing at, Stephen? That's just a lot of things to get through. Oh, it is. Um, They're committed to helping (laughs) families and businesses in the communities (laughs) they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now into the future. ComEd offers a wide wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across the territory. And ComEd offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities like for HVAC systems, commission commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs, and these can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they could start working on immediately, and each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. So if you own a business, do not wait. Get started saving money and energy today. For energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash powering biz that's comed.com slash powering b i z also want to let you know about our friends over at DraftKings sportsbook and it's nba playoff time that means it's big hoops action with DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba get in on the excitement of every game with the touch of a button new customers can make a five dollar pregame money line bet and score a 150 dollar bonus uh in bonus and score a 150 dollar dollars in bonus bets if their team wins Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. Open up the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if your bet doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. Uh, I missed on a same-game parlay last night. I was frustrated. Uh, missed it by two legs. Uh, oh, well, what are you going to do about it? Um, but then I got a bonus bet back and put it on some golf. Uh, we'll see how that turns out. Not sure, but download the app now, and you can try your luck. Sign up with code CHGO. New customers can make a $5 pregame money line bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-505 or visit gambling line help. Uh, ma.org in new york call 1-877-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in kansas call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of boot hill casino and resort kansas 21 plus in most eligible states but age varies by jurisdiction eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details and specific state gambling responsible resources um, boom boom uh oh with the uh I'm do a little production on the air it's not supposed to but i know we're supposed to have this trivia thing it can be like that oh, matt damon yeah. and um Jimmy Jimmy Kimmel thing where oh just sorry keep, Matt yeah, Kimmel sorry Matt Damon we ran out of time or yeah uh, Lindsey Buckingham and what up with that <laughs> seems like it's gonna be that um, we don't really need to talk about the Rays I guess too much because we talked a little bit about it uh, uh, yesterday um, and we don't have the full pitching matchup as well um, Cease and McClanahan have been moved up or no sorry that's the wrong day uh, yeah we still don't have the full pitching match though it's a uh, Kopech Falker Foucher on Friday uh, Cease McClanahan on Saturday that should be a fantastic game and then Lynn versus TBD uh, what's the most important thing for the White Sox in that series uh, win the series and hit the baseball right 
Yeah. yeah. Usually you so, hit the baseball, you, there you that, go. that helps you win. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, what else do we want to talk about? What the White Sox need to do against Tampa? They can get <laughs> kill two birds with one stone, win on Friday, win on Saturday, game over. They, they, they've won back, 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 to get back games and then won a series versus the best Shit. team in baseball. And then they well, can of, get eight, they can get aced by TBD on Sunday. Uh, I was but just going to say forfeit. But of course. Forfeit, that way you can give Lance Lynn a, a, a day off and then you can get to Toronto early. You know, I mean, why why play the game? You won the series. Um, final it's a bold th- strategy. I mean, bold strategy. We'll see if it pays off. Um, final thing I wanted to go to uh, from Vinny's article uh, today um, was something from Pedro, um, and this is a quote. And make sure you go to uh, allchgo.com. Uh, it is a free to read article, um, but. The quote was, uh, when you don't score runs and you don't produce like we are capable of producing or want to produce, there's always some pressing going on. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. We just have to be a little bit more disciplined in the strike zone and shrink it and not be afraid to hit with two strikes. Um, so I, I did look at just the Sox with two strikes. Their swing percentage on pitches out of the zone with two strikes, 29th in Major League Baseball. So they are swinging out of the zone as bad as the Kansas City Royals are. Uh, also, the four worst teams all in the AL Central. Kansas City Royals, the Chicago White Sox, the Cleveland Guardians, and... Uh, Detroit Tigers. Detroit Tigers. Uh, so just a bad, bad division. Um, they have the lowest run value on swings outside of the zone uh, with two strikes. So they are just consistently doing horrible when they are uh, deciding to swing. Uh, swing percent on pitches in the zone, about 16th. They could be a little bit more aggressive on pitches in the zone, really aggressive out of the zone, not that aggressive in the zone. Uh, and then plate appearances with at least two strikes. Uh, they were 16th in Major League Baseball. Um, so they get us two strikes a decent amount. Um, maybe Pedro wants them to get in it a little bit more, uh, maybe fight off a couple more pitches. We saw you know, JT Realmuto have a really long at-bat with Mike Clevenger just falling off baseballs and getting to a 3-2 count. Uh, Jake Berger did that as well against Taiwan Walker, and then they got pulled. So uh, I'm not sure... Uh, but then the Sox, with two strikes, uh, f- they get the 22nd least amount of pitches in the zone, and they get the 10th most pitches out of the zone. So They know they're going to chase them. They know they they're going to chase them. There's so, no reason to throw strikes. So if, if they do just swing less, they'll probably walk more, which I would love. But I, I don't so know that's a, if that's a strategy of swinging less. They just have to see the ball longer, see the ball, understand – where the pitchers are going. If they're going to be throwing the ball outside the zone because they know the White Sox are chasers, you know, just, you know, have a better two-strike approach, not look for the downs and just have bad on ball type of things. But also, you said they're 29th and 30th. Nowhere to go but up, Sean. Hopefully. Positivity. Wow. Nowhere Herbie, to go. Herbie Sunshine. I'm back. Hey, I'm back. Thankfully, he's back. And now all back. The, cr- the clouds have gone. So, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> the only – thing I, I also wanted to bring up was just uh, guys I was concerned about was Clevenger. Uh, I don't know if you guys have anything else to add about uh, concerns for this team. Um, but this is from Lance Brodowski, and we, we talked about this uh, just yesterday, just kind of how he really doesn't have anything besides his fastball. Um, with uh, pitches at least thrown 200 times, Mike Clevenger has the second most effective fastball in all of Major League Baseball. Just behind Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole has a negative seven run value on his uh, fastball. Clevenger's at like negative four. The issue is everything else sucks. Um, and this is from Lance Brozdowski. He works over at Marquee, and he's kind of a, he just does a lot of pitch shape metrics. Um, and he talked about Clevenger. Clevenger's ditched his cutter this year, threw it 15% of the time last year, and the results on it were fine. What he has done has been throwing his fastball, and he calls it a sweeper, not a slider, 90% of the time. Um, his fastball does look better. Again, the run value uh, has, has shown this, but he added about uh, half a tick on his fastball, and he's getting more vertical break, so it's rising. Uh, it, it's, it's staying up a little bit more. Um, and the sweeper, the, the, the slider, uh, the stuff plus has gone from uh, 102 to 113, so it's a little bit up. It is getting hit harder, but what Lance is suggesting is maybe he changes up the slider shape, so I don't know if they're able to do that, and, and he's able to throw it a little bit faster. Uh, that would help him. Uh, he did have a, a very dominant slider back in 2017. Hitters have gotten better because they've seen harder velocity, so just kind of sliders that sit around 81 like, uh, like uh, Clevenger's does just aren't that great. But also you could just see in 2017 where he was locating those sliders. It was very consistently the right side of the zone or, or, or you know, uh, kind of to the left-hander's uh, vision inside um, and down where you kind of see in 2023, it's floated all around the zone. So 
I, I, just trying to find consistency with any secondary would be huge for Mike Clevenger because the fastball is working well, um, but everything else kind of kind of stinks. And he has the third highest Sierra in all of Major League Baseball, uh, I think, behind Madison Santos. Bumgarner and Alec Manoa. Oh, I thought you were talking about Sierra Santos. Can you put that back up again? Scorpion, right, Herb? Um, I was thinking uh, Pucci returning home <laughs> <laughs> to his home planet. Yep, okay. that works. That's good, There's too. one on the right in okay. 2023. Yeah, it's like you can see it. It's... His, his slider was filthy at the time. Now, if you can't locate it, if it's just a haphazard, especially if it's that high in the zone to right-handers, only 81 miles per hour, those going to get hit really hard. And I think, uh, was it a Trey Turner home run off, off a fastball or the slider or the sweeper? Because he hit his, that I like think a was rocket. His fastball. Um, I, think, I think him and Marsh both hit homers off fastball. Um, but, yeah, the, the idea, though, um, just changing the slider from a sweeper to a, a, a bullet slider – uh, is basically just to have it tighter and instead of having kind of the way that you've described it, horizontal movement, more sharp movement uh, down in a way. So, you know, may- maybe they're able to figure that out, but I don't know. Uh, that's it, though, for the CHGO White Sox podcast. Uh, that's going to do it for our weekend coverage as well. We'll be back with you uh, on Sunday to recap the race series. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Sorry, you pointed. <laughs> no, no. You're gonna add something. Sorry. No. Uh, <laughs> that's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Twenty Three. He's our so CHGO White Sox community leader. I know a lot about that. Uh, that's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. That is Stephen Nicholas, our uh, lovely producer. Thank you very much for your help today, and uh, appreciate everybody for hanging out with us uh, in the chat. We got 19 uh, thumbs up. So if you could on your way out, get us up to at least 20. Uh, We would appreciate it. Uh, Thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you on Sunday. Go Sox.